Welcome to the Humane Roundup Podcast, where we share all the exciting stories about animal cruelty investigations, dangerous animals, and amazing rescues. Find out what goes on inside of animal shelters and all the current trends in the animal welfare industry. Now, here is your host, Daniel Edinger. What is up, Bishop? Episode 70 starting off. How's it going? It's going. Hey, have you heard from Mel? What'd she think of our episode 69, baby? I haven't heard from Mel, but she's been soaking up some hot springs every time I see her on social media. So she is living that mental health relaxation life. And I can't, uh, I can't say I'm not jealous of doing the hot springs and touring around town in the mountains of, uh, I guess, I didn't know there was mountains of Idaho or wherever, Iowa, wherever the heck she's at. <laughs> Maybe for my vacation, I'll just like drop in on her and be like, yo, you got this all going on up here. I'm going to come by you. <laughs> yeah, she's she's enjoying the life. She really is. So hats off to her. Maybe we can get her back on and check in with her in a couple couple weeks once she gets settled into her, her new life. So, yeah. How are things been since last episode? Uh, crazy. We I have successfully had a pause and protect event so um okay so let's be real here we're we're recording before the event i'm hoping it's going to be successful so i'm going to say it's successful well if it's not you can come back on the show and talk about it on the next episode right exactly and you know it's mind over matter right (laughs) yeah i i think it'll be great with all the you know with everything the protocols you're putting in place you should be fine yeah so did you see this post that we have on the Humane Roundup group on Facebook? Yeah, what's up with that? So a woman basically got a Valentine's gift to go to. They, they're basically, uh, I, I can't use the word sanctuary. That's not the right word. They're hunting retreats where they house animals on a specific area that are old, possibly close to euthanasia, et cetera. And you can go there, pay a fee and hunt a trophy animal of your liking. Well, I I think the real issue, and I have no, let me just qualify this. I have no issue with hunting. Like if people are actually hunting to utilize the meat and, you know, whatever it may be, and they're doing it in a, in a way that's, you know, following the rules of whatever, you know, state they're in, or in this case, country that they're in, but to then post about it and just be super exuberant, like ho- literally holding up the si- a heart the size of like a raccoon and just being so excited. I think that's what's, what's causing the, the issue, right? She's clearly gloating about it. She's not being humble. Like she wanted to shoot and kill a, ra- um, excuse me, a, a giraffe. That's her prerogative. The gi- giraffe was close to, to death and possibly needed to be euthanized anyway. So I can see the humane part of it, but then, taking it to that other level and, and just, uh, you know, being, I I guess not, not humbled by it, just, you know, showing off and being super excited. So what's your thought on that? I, so I come from similarly to you, a state where hunting is a huge thing. And I would agree, like I, as long as you are following the most humane practices in it. um, So, you know, attempting, which within reason when you're hunting, this isn't always feasible, but attempting to 
the best of your ability, a one-shot kill. Um, and not, like, super stressing out the animal prior to. I don't, I don't have an issue with the hunting of the animal. Like you said, if you're, if you're following the rules, and I would assume that some of that money is then going back into preservation of the species, maybe, or something I, along those lines. You know, I'm, I didn't see that part, but what I did see is the, the meat was donated over 250 pounds of meat was, was donated. So, I mean, at least that's going to a good use there. Right. And, and again, you know, with, with hunting, it, it's personal preference in some aspects. I, I personally don't have an issue with it if it's done to, to help with population control in, in certain areas of that nature. It's these trophy hunts and, and when people are boasting about it, it just, it gives it a bad look. That That's kind of my perspective. But again, uh, you know, everybody's entitled to their opinion. If you have a specific opinion or you want to check out the post, make sure you check out the Humane Roundup group on Facebook. Also check out our regular Facebook page, which is just the Humane Roundup. Don't forget to look up H.O. Bishop. That is Humane Officer Bishop and then Animal Protection Officer Daniel on both Instagram and Facebook. So we got a good show on tap today. Woot woot! <laughs> Episode 70, we're going <laughs> to... We're going to talk to Code 3 about this new Animal Control Officer Coalition. I'm really excited to hear what they have to say. I am as well. All right. Well, let's introduce our next guest, Janae Boswell, who is the branch manager of the Animal Control Officer Coalition with Code 3 Associate Associates. How's it going, Janae? Thank you guys so much for having me on. It's so exciting to be here. Well, we're excited and, and I, you know, I'm excited to have you on. As someone I've known now in the industry, whew, going on ten years, Janae. How's that? How's that sound for some time? How would we get so old? I know, and <laughs> still be in this profession. So it's you know it, it's a physical demanding profession, and I I thank you for taking the time out of your night tonight to come and join us. So thank you. Absolutely, I really appreciate being invited on. Yeah, we're excited to have you. Well, let's jump in. Do you? Do you mind just giving us a quick over? So let, let me uh, let me start that over. It kind of came out of nowhere. There was a, a an email that popped up uh, early in the year, and then a couple Facebook posts I think that I saw uh, just thereafter talking about this coalition. So I'm I'm sure there was a lot more behind the scenes that went on than a than an email just popping up in the beginning of the year. How did this come to fruition? Absolutely, and. If I could, I would love to kind of go back and give a little bit of historical um, context so that everybody understands what Code 3 is and, and how this all got started, if you're okay think, with that. Yeah, I think that would be excellent. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Please do. I, I, I'll be honest, I didn't even know about Code 3 until I started listening to the Humane Roundup before I was a... Uh, <laughs> Um, well, and, and, yeah, so, absolutely. And I just, I think it's do. important for us to kind of spread the word because some ACOs know about Code 3 and, you know, they're in our backyard. I'm here in, in Colorado. And so I'm very familiar with them. And somebody that's in Wisconsin or Alaska or, you know, Florida may not be so familiar. So I'll just dive in to kind of give you a little bit of background. Code 3 was actually established back in 1985 in South Lake Tahoe in California. 
And at that point in time, they actually developed Code 3 Associates to provide training for law enforcement. And at that time, they also called the, and you'll see why I'm telling you all this, because it's kind of come full circle, um, but they actually called their training Essential Animal Services Training. And so they got that training kicked off. They were teaching law enforcement officers. And then about 10 years later, after the Oklahoma City bombing disaster, they decided to really delve into disaster response and preparation. And so at that point in time, they got their big response truck, which is called BART. And that stands for Big Animal Rescue Truck. And at the time, BART was much smaller. But now if you've ever seen BART, it's this huge monstrosity that is pulled by a semi um, truck and it is self-contained. So responders can actually stay in there. There's sleeping quarters, there's ATVs, there's rescue equipment and boats and the whole can and caboodle. So that's kind of where Code 3 started picking up with their disaster response and training. And through the years, they've gone through some changes as far as developing an actual academy. And probably, you know, 10, 10 plus years ago, it was just called the Code 3 Academy. And they had uh, one, two, and three. And then they actually partnered with forces with the National Animal Care and Control Association. And some of you might recognize the NACHO training. And so then we had that academy training and that was kind of done all, all, all at once. And then last year they decided to part ways, NACA and Code 3. And at that point in time, you know, Code 3 said, we're, we're doing great things out here, but we also want to develop our program. And so at that point in time, they developed a, a livestock really focused section as well. Um, and you'll notice that my title had branch, branch manager in it. Code 3 really likes to operate off of the ICS system. And so all of their different sections um, such as the livestock is called the branch, the livestock branch section, and now the ACO coalition branch. And so that's just kind of how they operate things to keep things very structured. And it falls within that disaster response uh, system. So to that, in that way, it makes it very easy for them. But they've really pushed out this livestock program. And at that point in time, they, um, we started talking about really catering to ACOs because I just felt that there was this deficit. And I think many people from Code 3 um, also felt the same thing is that we really wanted to have some, some type of foundation nationwide for ACOs. And that was really important. And so that's kind of how we started, you know, last year we started talking about the possibility of this coalition. And I'll stop talking because I'm just continuing to, to go on and on. And so you might want to interject or, or you might have a question about all that that I just threw out there. Well, I think it's really compelling. And I actually just wanted to, to jump in and say one of the first trainings I ever did with Code 3 was the bull training, the big useful livestock lessons. And, you know, I'm in a city where we don't get a, a lot of 
a lot of opportunity to work with livestock, right? It's an urban environment. And so having Code 3 come through and, you know, set it up where there were actually cows and horses and bulls and things that we could, you know, get trampled by, it was a, a really great eye-opening experience. So uh, I, I think by you sharing kind of the history it really helps people understand what Code 3 is all about and, you know, why they're doing what they do. And so we appreciate, you know, here on the show, I, I know we appreciate all the hard work that's going in. How about you, Ash? You know, now that you say all of that, I do remember um, when I got approached by our incident management team, they actually were trying to figure out for uh, large animal rescues and stuff and how to get training. And now I remember that I did come across Code 3 for that, but I didn't realize at the time that it would be, that there was other things out there beneficial. So, um I'm excited to look into it a little bit further now too, um, especially with trying to get more trainings and stuff up in my state, trying to get a state organization going and stuff, um, be able to reach out and get some more things up here because we have a lot of large animals up here. <laughs> Lots of farm. You make, cheese, you make cheese up in that state. <laughs> yes, and I, I don't care what Hildy has to say. Happy cows come from Wisconsin, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Janae, are you, so as the branch manager, there in, there's a retreat that they do or have done every year in the, what is it, Durango? Yeah, so they actually have their equine uh, investigation certific certification um, training up there. And it's generally one week in May and I believe like one week in September or August. Okay. So is that something you, are you overseeing that as well? Or do you, are you more focused on kind of the certification testing, maybe some of the other programs that Code 3 has going on? So that's a great question. I'm actually focused strictly on the ACO coalition. And it. It, it may help if I, I kind of explain what that is. Just so I, I think I, that's a, yeah, it's a great segue for sure. Yeah. And, and I talked a little bit about the livestock branch and I failed to mention the fact that Code 3 still has their academy. And so where it was Code 3 you know, one, two, and three, and then it went to Nacho, A, B, and C. They actually mm -hmm. went back to that East um, wording. So now it's back to essential animal services training. And they have uh, level A, B, and C. And all of those are credentialed by um, Colorado State University. So that's pretty cool. That's great. And so if you had a Nacho if you had your nacho cert, it's still good. It's still accredited and, and valued by code three or NACA. Yes, absolutely. Okay. Um, Great. still recognized by code three. And if you took the NACA or the nacho class, it is still recognized by NACA as well. Fantastic. So I'll dive into a little bit just so that everybody can kind of put their minds around uh, what the coalition is. I had been talking to Eric Thompson, who is the executive director of Code 3. Uh, I, he and I have 
found way back and, and done some disaster response and some cruelty response and, and that type of stuff and kept in touch over the years. And then he became the executive director of Code 3. And I really, he knows my passion for animal control officers and how much I adore the work that we do and value and just want to support ACOs. And I had told him, you know, I really feel like there's this gap missing for animal control officers across the nation. I feel like we're not addressing things that are of concern to them and things that they need and resources and the support and, you know, including training and, and diverse training. And um, we really started to kind of talk about that and figure out how we could resolve that. And that's how the development of this ACO coalition came about. And the coalition is really to target ACOs. And, and the whole intent behind it is that we're developing it with ACOs. So everybody that's involved in the, the process is, an, is currently an ACO. Um, and, you know, we have ACOs in mind as we're, we're developing out these programs and, and grant opportunities and all of those things. Before we move forward, as Ashley can attest to one of my soapbox items, just in general, as I've grown in this profession. Wait, 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 hold main... on, hold on. I think we should let her guess what you're going to ask about. <laughs> Do you have a guess on what I'm going to ask? Oh, about I totally today? have a guess of what you're going to So ask. if you had a magic wand, <laughs> if, you, if Janae Boswell had a magic wand and could wave it at the profession, what would we be called? And, it, and it's fine if you, if you still, if animal control is your name, that's your name. I'm just curious where you stand on that. You know, I, I don't, I'm torn with this and I would love to hear your perspective because it's, it's been animal control officers for so long. And I think people, you know, that's what they identify with. And I think when you talk to the community at large, they go, oh yeah, that's what that is. And what I can tell you is that with my organization, we've changed our name to animal protection officers. And, you know, and I don't know, but I know that that is your soapbox is that you want it standardized. <laughs> that is no secret. I, I, and, and so here's the thing is, and you're so, so right, right? If you look at it, it is an identifier. It is, you know, I, as I started in this industry, like, I just wanted to be an animal control officer. Like, that's all I cared about. And now that I'm in it, I'm like, man, like, do we, like, you know, looking at the different names and, and understanding that there's just so many different things. And maybe, maybe my energy is poured into the wrong place, but I just felt like from some perspective, if we can unifyly, if that's even a word, you know, whatever the name <laughs> word is. Uh, but if we could say, you know what, this is the name. And if it is animal control, that's the name. And then just figure out a way to, to plaster it across everywhere. And then, because behind the name, it's really the product that you put out, right? It's, it's no, I, I think for me, the, the reason that I want to move away from it is because knowing the negative connotation that it has in the industry or just in our communities, right? The dog catcher is connected to it. And so, as you mentioned, in a place like Boulder, as you know, in Denver and in other uh, cities across the country, they've changed to animal protection officer. And just that slogan is so easy to say you know, we protect people from animals and animals from people. It kind of, it kind of just kind of, I don't know, fits that mold for me, but I know there are plenty that disagree and that's fine. I think it's important that we have 
you know, different views and, and maybe one day, and I don't, I don't think that's the focus right now, but maybe one day we'll get there. So as we digress, I just wanted to kind of hear what you had to say. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. And, you know, I've had these, these conversations with people all over the country and it's, it's interesting because, you know, they have animal management officers and animal service officers and, you know, and, and people are very compelled to stick with what they want, you know? <laughs> so, so I, I don't know. Um, yeah. I just don't know how successful we would be in trying to get everybody on board with the same, well, the, the same the wording. Hard thing, yeah. The hard thing too, is it's in legislation, right? So then you yep. have to have changes there. So let's, let's get back into the coalition. Cause I think regardless of the name, uh, what's going on here is amazing. And if you look at the website, if you go to code3associates.org, and then you can either do forward slash ACO-coalition, or you can probably just uh, find it through their homepage. It kind of outlines what, what's going on, what you've already talked about, some of the training, the certification, this body armor grant that you have, professional development, such as field training, community outreach, and school programs. Here's uh, Bishop's favorite one, state organization support and networking, <laughs> equip, the equipment exchange program, disaster planning, uh, subject matter experts, and then a mask grant uh, program. So if you, were to, if you were to talk about the body armor grant, what, what do we need to know as someone that's listening that may be looking to get body armor for them or their team? Absolutely. So what we have, so let me back up and just say membership is free to this coalition. So we are not charging anybody a dime to participate. Awesome. However, for our grants, we are asking that you are a member. So if you do need that body armor grant or a mask grant, you do have to, to register for the coalition. So just keep that in mind. Um, and, and just to reiterate, even as a member, you're, it's still free. You just have to sign up. Yep, absolutely. Okay. You just go online, click the button and fill out your information. And then, you know, that affords you the opportunity to, to apply for the grants. Um, and then I'll also talk about a, a couple of other things that we've kicked off um, in the last couple of weeks. But what we have done is um, one of the things that we have identified is, is being a huge need for ACOs is we are at high risk for danger, for, um, you know, assaults, we're, we're put in a really volatile position in doing the work that we do. And one of the things that we really wanted to do is support ACOs and, and provide them with protection equipment and safety equipment. So with um, Safe Life, we have joined this partnership with them and they are supplying uh, body armor vests for us. And we are donating one, one vest per month throughout 2021. Wow. which is really cool. Um, we're actually hoping that we might get some more donors on board so that we can maybe up that to two vests per month. But we have, have definitely made the commitment that we will at least do one, one vest per month. And I, I'm That's happy awesome. to, yeah, it's awesome. And, and I'm so thrilled to announce that we have already given out two. We gave one out in January and we gave one out in February. Uh, you know, I do have a question though, as far as the grants and the body armor, it, is there like a minimum requirement? Could a single humane officer or ACO put in a grant for just themselves? Like if they're the only one within their jurisdiction? Absolutely. And, and we don't have, 
The only requirements that we are asking is that you register for the coalition and then you have to sign on to things like you'll accept the the body armor and you will write us a brief blurb that says how this actually helps you in your line of work and you know hopefully give us a photograph there's been some some ACOs that are like ah, I don't want to give you a photograph because compromises safety and that type of thing which we totally understand and we can work around but we just like that for the promo for for donors so sure this is fantastic that's awesome yeah. so I was just going to say, like, there, so there's not any reason that as as long as you're allowed to wear it, there's no reason not to apply. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, Janae, bef- before we get further into it, would you, this Code 3 and you, do you see us or consider us first responders? Absolutely. Okay, cool. Hands down. Even, even if they're, uh, we aren't associated with a police Correct. department. Yeah. We're out there, right? Like we are the first line of defense when it comes to animal issues. And um, I think one of my goals with the coalition is to bring that to the forefront and really promote that and hope that we get the right people listening and making some changes to that. Well, thanks for doing that work. I know a lot of, a lot of people listening, a lot of people that aren't listening or that are in the profession feel the same way. And so having someone in your position, having code three and just having these organizations across the, the country starting to recognize and push for that to, to let people know that, yes, we are 100% first responders because let's be honest. I mean, there's plenty of calls that we've all been on that involve other first responders, but guess who's there first. Yeah, absolutely. And how many times are we the first ones dealing with, you know, a, violent or volatile individual and then law enforcement deals with them weeks after we've already <laughs> established some rapport or taken some enforcement action oh all the time all yeah. the time and i you know to kind of piggyback on that one of the things that we also developed as a part of the coalition is a members page where we are providing um specific information for coalition members be it information for cruelty investigations. And one of the coolest things that I think that we put together with the help of Jace Hudgens in Sacramento is a COVID support letter. He had ran into some issues with his local health department in trying to get his officers and his staff vaccinated for COVID. And so he actually developed, wrote a letter to his health department explaining why they are first responders and why it's so important for them to get the vaccination and submitted it to the health department. And then the health department signed on board and ended up, you know, authorizing his staff to get vaccinations. So we altered the letter that he used. So it's really easy, fillable so that other ACOs or departments or agencies can use that in their areas as well. Shout out to Jace. He does some great work in Sacramento. And I'm not surprised that, that he was able to put something like that together. No, he's phenomenal. Absolutely. So as we go through that list, we talked about the being a membership for the, 
and how the body armor worked. Is it basically the same thing with the mask as well? So you, you become a member and then there's just a, a process you go through, put in your information and then can, can possibly get granted the masks. Absolutely. And what's really cool is that we haven't turned anybody down for the masks. So far we've awesome. donated 4,000 of the three ply and 500 of the medical masks. Wow. Wow. That's amazing. So really a neat program. And I think that we're filling a need that is in our community. Can we talk a little bit about something you brought up with the cruelty, the cruelty piece on the members page? We are, are hoping to get ASPCA on soon. We had them scheduled, but there was an illness. So we're rescheduling them. They have a new forensic laboratory in Gainesville, Florida, that I believe is open to anyone throughout the country. Yes. What I'd love to see is, let's say I have radiographs that I'm looking at, and it's clear that it's blunt force trauma. And we talk about people like Melinda Merck, who's an expert in this field. What if we don't have the funding to necessarily pay for an expert to look at these radiographs? Is the, are, are we there yet with Code 3? Is it, is it something that we can tap that resource? Because once you have that expert that says, yes, this was blunt force trauma and most likely done by a kick, like the tip of a foot or a baseball bat or X, Y, and Z, I think that would help our cases so much if we, if we were able to, to really pull that resource. You know, we're not, that's a brilliant idea. And I don't think we're quite there with the coalition yet, but you just gave me a fabulous idea of something that we need to be pursuing. So thank you for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, and stay, stay tuned. Uh, we do plan on getting the lab on, the ASPCA lab. And so maybe there is for us, maybe there is a backdoor where we can send, you know, it's almost like you send, you send them your case, right? And they review it and then they can give their expert analysis. And if necessary, they can come testify. And maybe, maybe the only thing that's that the city could be on the hook for would be, you know, getting them up here to be an expert witness in a case. I, I don't know. I'm just kind of thinking out loud. I, I know you and I've kind of had that uh, relationship for several years where we just throw things out there and sometimes it sticks and sometimes it doesn't. Yeah. And what I can tell you is I actually just spoke with them, um, ASPCA, about their their new center. And what they said is that it is free of charge to ACOs. However, there is an application process. So you have to actually submit your case in an application and then they review it and then they can accept it or deny it. Oh, but great. If, That's, yeah. 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 Which is really cool. So if they accept it, it's like, great. You know, you got an awesome resource at your hands. I don't know what then happens if they deny it. So I think that I love that you just brought this up, Daniel, because I think that that's a great opportunity for, for us to tap into some additional resources out there. Well, cool. Uh, let's, let's jump back in before we, we run out of time. Cause there's so much more I want to know about and just also want to, you know, kind of set up some regular check-ins with code three and, and have you back on to talk about kind of where, you know, where it's at. And this is just the beginning. So uh, what, what else do you have on tap for us today? So one thing that's really cool that we're kicking off February 24th, and this will probably air unfortunately right after that, but we are kicking off three monthly case studies. Cool. So ACOs from around the country, 
can sign up and present a, a unique and interesting case to members of the coalition. So we we're kicking that off this week on the 24th and we will be doing running those every fourth Wednesday of each month. How cool. What, uh, what case are you starting with? So we are actually starting with, sorry, I'm trying to, to look at my notes here with the imp importation of a rabid dog that came in from Egypt to Kansas. How cool. That's insane. Yeah. So that'll be our first case. And then our case for March is titled A Farm Fur and the Fourth Amendment. And so that goes into a situation of officers that ended up out at a, a farm and had some neglected and abused animals that they had to investigate. So I think we're really kicking it off with some some cool, interesting ideas. And who doesn't love some some cool case studies? So that'll be through Zoom? Is that just their online? Yep, absolutely. We're using Zoom as a platform right now. We may switch to GoTo, um, kind of depending, because they, they allow us to have a few more people in there. But already we have 83 people signed up for this Wednesday. So that's pretty awesome. That's great. So is it like just a training or is there going to, like, is it going to be recorded and available later on? It will be recorded and then available on our members only page. And really there's which is again free to join exactly so. you you got me ashley that's exactly I, where i was I, going with I that already, i just joined as we were uh doing this awesome. so. so so at least me being on this worked for one person yay <laughs> and again that website is code three the the number three not not the not the word three code three associates.org forward slash aco dash coalition or if you just go to code3associates.org just one of their drop down menus will get you there so cool that sounds really cool i'm gonna have to check into those uh case studies that's one of my favorite things you you presented a case several years ago and i thought that was really amazing to to hear that that case about a, a felony cruelty that your team did some really great work on it and and they're just fun right like we all can relate to them yes. but more importantly like we can pick up things that like, oh, wow, that ACO did some really good work. Maybe on the next case that I'm out on, I could try what they did there. Absolutely. Yeah. I think we learn so much from it or just hearing those ideas then, you know, allows us to kind of think outside the box when we're handling these investigations. And it motivates you too, right? You're like, I, sure. I want to have a cool case to share <laughs> with the group at some point. You know? uh, yeah. Yeah. Which means then that it has to be well investigated facts so you got to put your work into it facts yeah, so <laughs> that, that's so true janae does code three have a social media platform or is it all going to be here on the website so we do have a, a private facebook page again you do have to be a member and then you'll get an invite to join and we have a lot of great discussions we post training opportunities webinars up there and we're talking about an Instagram also, but we haven't gotten that going. And to kind of go that TikTok. I know. Well, that's <laughs> what we've talked about too. I'm just not the TikTok type of person though. <laughs> you know, I can hardly even say it. I I wasn't the TikTok type of person. And then a, a great family friend was like, dude, he was like, check it out, man. There's like cool stuff. Like if you strip a screw, 
it shows you how to like put a rubber band in there and then you can get the screw out or if like there's like some stuff like I just really learned how to peel potatoes by boiling them instead of actually peeling them like just simple cool stuff like that uh you know it's not all stupid uh, dances and, and things though that stuff is on there there could be some I guess there could be some um, benefit to it <clears throat> well and so. yeah to to also talk about we don't have a lot of state associations signed up yet but I wanted to circle back because I know Ashley you're trying to get your state association up and running and we also have a private state association coalition page so that Ooh. board members can talk to one another they can network you know discuss issues that are going on in your state and so on and so forth great awesome well, thanks for taking the time to join us. Is there anything we didn't cover that uh, you wanted to make sure we got before we let you go? One last thing is I think I just want to throw out there for any coalition members, uh, Code 3 is also offering a discount for their East classes, a $50 discount. And we're also offering a, a myriad of other trainings and webinars, and those will come at coalition members for a discounted rate as well. I did have a question. Once COVID is done being COVID, so <laughs> uh, whatever that looks like, will will Code Three look into doing any sort of in person trainings again? Or did I miss that? Are you already doing in person trainings? So we are still. We had stopped doing in person for a couple of months, but this month we actually fired it back up and. And all the staff is down in North Carolina running the East programs. And we also have a bull program going on down there right now. Awesome. And yeah, it, so we are, we are back up and if people want training, just reach out to us and, and we're happy to do in person or, you know, navigate through the new online world too and provide a webinar or, or online training if needed. Well, Janae, you are an excellent guest just sharing with us all the new stuff that's going on with Code 3. It sounds amazing how it's explained, and, and we're actually hopeful that you'd be willing to come back on maybe once a quarter and give us an update on how things are going, if that works for you and your team. Oh, I would love to. Thank you so much for having me on, and I just appreciate you guys spreading the word and and you know helping to support ACOs or humane officers or whatever we want to call them. <laughs> 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 Don't get me started. We only have a few minutes left on this program. <laughs> Ashley, did you have anything else for Janae before we let her go? No, I don't think so at this time, but I'm definitely, like I said, I joined in uh, to be a member as we were sitting here talking. Um, so I'm definitely going to be going back tomorrow and looking into a lot more of this information now. Awesome. Yeah, I also, I also joined while we were talking. So <laughs> if you're a listener and, and join too, uh, we all share something in common, in common. So hopefully we see you on their social media page and, and we can kind of talk shop as well. So, Thank you guys so much. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. And, and again, uh, everyone check out code3associates.org for more information and, and check back when we have them join us soon. So thanks, Janae. And uh, we look forward to hearing from you soon. Thank you, guys. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye. Bishop, how cool was that? That was awesome. I have learned a lot and look forward to getting even more information. 
you know, and it, it's fun. I've known Janae for several years and she is so passionate about this industry and, and you can just hear it right. And everything that she talks about. So, uh, it's, you can just tell that code three is, is really doing it right. And I'm excited to, to follow what they're doing and be part of whatever we can be part of to help that movement moving forward. Yes, absolutely. Cool. All right. Well, that wraps up episode 70. That's in the books. Join us next week for episode 71. And as always, Bishop, you going to try it this week? <laughs> no. <laughs> Keep it humane, man. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>